You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Too Much, Part 2. Enjoy. God, Jesus is living inside of you. He's here. He's strong in you right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he never goes to sleep. He never gets tired and he never gets tired of you. Yeah, he never gets tired of you. He never, you know, wishes that you could be someone else. <laughs> he wants you to be you. He's really happy with you. He's so glad that his father made you. Because you're the only you there's ever been. And he saw to it that you would be in the earth at this time so that he could reveal himself to you. He could love you and so that he could flow through you and so that you could experience a super abundant life. Does that sound too good to be true? It might sound that way, but it, it's, it's too good to not be true. We know it's, it's, it's just so good because it's so true. His love is so true. His goodness is so true. Glory to God. Father, thank you for this hot time together. We're eating, we're drinking Jesus, and we're merry. And we thank you, Lord, for your love chasing out every fear. For your love that is kind and gentle and benign and penetrating and pervading our whole nature, mellowing all which, which would be harsh and austere. Thank you, Lord, for your love reigning in our hearts and in our lives. Oh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for your heat, for your healing presence, for the fire of your Holy Spirit in us right now. We don't have to go anywhere. Don't have to do anything. You're in us. We've arrived because you're in us, Lord. You're here. Holy Spirit, thank you for uh, the healing that you minister to us 24-7. Thank you for revealing Christ to us this morning. We're leaving here different than when we came in with a greater realization of how much you love us, with a strength that we, that we didn't have before, a greater measure of strength. We're leaving here stronger than when we came in wiser, more victorious, a greater consciousness of the righteousness you've given us, free from condemnation, we're leaving that way. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst this morning in Jesus' name. God is so good. This is our second Sunday of 2018, and it's a year of fatness, year of abundance. Let's put Isaiah 10, 27 up there this is a scripture we've been sharing it's our promise of the month and this is isaiah prophetically speaking of the day we're living in the natural context was when israel uh, uh, was against the the enemy the assyrians but prophetically it says so it will be in that day the prophetic day he's talking about is the day when the salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. 
that anyone can grab a hold of Jesus, that anyone could be made whole, that anyone could be delivered and set free from anything that would try and bind them through simple faith in Christ. In that day, that his burden, whose burden is that? Literally, it was talking of the Assyrians. Prophetically, it's speaking of our enemy, Satan, and every spirit of darkness, that his burden will be removed from your shoulders. What's his burden? Condemnation, right? Guilt, condemnation, fear. Alienation from God. Right, making you feel like you're all alone, you're 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 condemned. It will, it will be removed from the burden of sin will be removed from your shoulders and Satan's yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of fatness. What is fatness? It's you filled with the fullness of God. You filled with God Himself. And that's you today. If you've put your faith in Christ, God moved inside of you. He now lives your God's new address. He's living inside of you. How much of God is living inside of you? Just his right leg? The whole, all of him. He came. The whole, his spirit is living inside of you. God himself is effectually at work in you, energizing you, infusing you with strength daily. You just need to realize that and believe it. The more you realize it, the more you believe it, the more you'll experience it. So God wants you so full of him that you're just dripping on everyone you come in contact with. He wants you full because you realize how much he loves you. This is what we encourage people here at Highway Church. Just make his love for you the channel that you stay on. Amen. Just cancel all the other channels Amen. and get God's love channel. <laughs> and you fix your heart and your mind on how much he loves you. Not on how much you love him. Not on how you could do this better and how you did that wrong. And boy, I wish I could do that. But on how much he loves you and how, how intimately he cares for you. Whether you realize it or not, we said this last week. God is totally committed and totally determined to totally bless you, spirit, soul, and body for the rest of your life. That's his agenda for you, to prosper you. Let's pull up John 10.10 in the West again. We looked at it last week. You got your seatbelts on, right? Because we're getting ready to come into some turbulence, perhaps, in a little while. I alone came. This is Jesus. This is truth. This is God speaking. I like how he says, I alone. I guess if anyone was a lone ranger, it was him, huh? In other words, no one could do what he did, although he had the Spirit of God and God the Father. But Noah, he's unique in this sense, in his role as Messiah. He's the one and only. I alone came in order that they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in super abundance. 
you read multiple translations of that and we do that regularly here. It's just hard to put what he's trying to say in, 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 a, in a, a language that we know. It's this overflowing, nonstop, uh, overcoming victory life. This God life that no one can change. I've come that, that you might have this. And if, you, if you'll just let God be God, you'll realize he's never just enough. He's always too much. He, he doesn't understand limits. <laughs> what man says is impossible, that's where he lives. So man does his research, he does his studies, he forms his committees, his groups, his organizations, he comes to his conclusions. And on the other side of that, there's God saying, come to me and be whole. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. So this is a year of fatness. We're seeking all of our happiness in Christ. And we're expecting all of our happiness from Christ. Nowhere else, okay? He's our answer for every problem. The teeny tiny ones, you know, computer software issues. He's our answer. Happened to me numerous times in my life. Whether, no matter what operating system I was working with, Lord, how do, how, do I, how, how do we fix this? You know, God has a degree in computer engineering and, and, and software design. Did you know that? <laughs> well, computers are like turtle slow when you talk about God moving in your life. God can change your whole life in a moment. And your computer ain't even booted up yet. So computers aren't our answer. He is. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Boy, I tell you, I am so excited. Go. Let the Holy Spirit be your operating system. Hallelujah. So God's our role model, right? He's our father. He's our answer. He's the one that we, we look to, that we sing to, that we dance in front of, right? And he's the one that, that is the, the center of our whole lives, now you're ready. Seatbelts are on, right? Got to get ready. I've got to do my pre-flight briefing, right? Uh, uh, your seatbelts are on. Religious goggles are off. Religious headphones are off. Here we go. God doesn't want you to live your life based on misinformation. God doesn't want you to live your life based on misinformation. If you want to get fat with Jesus, if you want to be dripping with healing power, resurrection, life, you've got to get rid of misinformation in your mind. Year of too much. We've got to change our thinking. We've got to recognize misinformation. See, knowing the truth sets you free. But abiding in the truth keeps you free. So you can have a moment in your life when you're set free from something because the whole, your, your eyes were open and you realized something and you were set free. But if you don't live in it, if you don't stay there and abide in that liberty of Christ, you can lose the freedom. You can lose the life that God wanted to give you. Not permanently, it's just, it, it, let me say it this way. 
Misinformation can block what God wants to do in your life. I say it that way. I'm not talking about losing your salvation or anything like that. I'm just saying if you don't keep your focus on his love for you and his nature and what he's done for you in Christ, you can, you can start accepting misinformation about God, about yourself, about the world we live in, about other people, and it can become a, a blockage in the flow of life God wants to provide for you that God has provided for you. Let's go to John chapter 14. Year of too much, year of fatness. We're going to remove misinformation from our thinking, and you've got to be brave to do this. Because you could be criticized and ridiculed for believing truth. You might have to walk away from your club, your culture, your, your situation, your circle of friends. Yeah. Because they just don't want to go where God wants to take you. So if there's any information in the earth, whatever uh, vehicle it comes to, that's contrary to the person and ministry of Jesus as recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. It's misinformation. Isn't that wonderful? Because we need to be able to recognize what misinformation is. And here's, here's uh, Jesus himself, truth himself, in John chapter 14, verse 1. And look what he says. Do not let... Your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. So who has control over the condition of my heart? I do, right? No one else does. doesn't matter what other people do to me. I have to decide what I believe. Misinformation will cause your hearts to be troubled to be distressed, to be agitated if you believe it. <laughs> it will trouble you. It will agitate and distress you if you believe it. Now, this is going to get hot and hot here. Are we doing okay? God loves you. He loves us. And he wants you to be totally free from every dark, condemning thought, from every spirit of darkness, from every strategy of Satan. Now, we're not going to go there. We're going to stay in John. But I'm just back in Isaiah chapter 29, verses 19 through 21, Isaiah said something prophetic. He was talking about evil. And he was describing how evil behaves. And he said uh, evil will be cut off. And he talked about evil, evil that causes a person to be indicted or considered guilty because of an accusation. Stay with me. Don't go to sleep on me. That's literally what it says. It says, uh, uh, who cause a evil, those who are evil, who cause a person to be indicted by a word, who defraud the one in the right with meaningless arguments. That's Isaiah 29, 21, I believe. Let me read that again. Stay with me. Evil, those who cause a person to be indicted or considered guilty because they accuse them. 
those who defraud the one in the right with meaningless arguments. We could say with misinformation. You ever seen a news story and it says an, an, un, uh, an unnamed source revealed? That's a clever way of saying this is a lie. Right, right. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> Stay with me. Don't tune out. Let's go back to John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. What's the answer, Jesus? Keep reading. Next verse. Oops, actually, do you have the you believe in? The rest of verse 1? Can you pull that up in the Amplify? Go ahead. Do, if you can pull up uh, John 14, 1 in the Amplify, I want you to see that. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in. You adhere to. You trust in. You rely on God instead of misinformation. You believe in, if you don't want your hearts to be troubled, here's the answer. You believe in, you adhere to, you trust in, you rely on me. There's no other way to experience the peace that God has provided for you. There's not a plan B. You've got to rely on him. You've got to believe on him. No matter what other information comes your way. Let's go to verse 2 now. In my father's house are many mansions. How big is that house? How big of a house do you have to build to have many mansions in it? Have you ever taken a tour of the Newport mansions? God's too much, isn't he? You're of fatness. You're of abundance. Too much. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let's keep reading. Verse 3. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. I do? Yeah. Verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? This is before they had GPSs, right? <laughs> Verse 6, Jesus said to him, get an iPhone. No. <laughs> Jesus said to him, I am the GPS. I am the answer to your life. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the solution to every problem. I'm the life you hope for. I'm better than the dreams you dream. Super abundant life. Hallelujah. No one comes to the Father but through me. Uh, this is not a political message. We're just looking at Jesus. He's the answer. This is not a religious message. If you're new here at Highway Church, you know that, that, that we're not religious people. We want Jesus and nothing but Jesus, okay? So we're talking just about Jesus, all right? Now, verse 6 in the East. Oh, this is good. Oh, 
Are you ready? Here it is again. I alone. Sounds like John 10.10, 10, right? I alone in contradistinction to all others. <laughs> what does that word mean? Contradistinction. It means distinction made by contrasting the difference in the qualities of two things. The distinction, the decision that you arrive at by contrasting the qualities of two things. The world and Jesus. Hatred and love. Right? Stress, blessed. Right? Uh, sickness, wholeness. Touchy, fretful, resentful, kind, gentle, patient. I alone, in contradistinction to all others, am the road. On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road again. What's the rest of it? That's all I know. Making music with my friends. What's the next one? I like it. <laughs> I'm the road you want to travel. I'm the highway you want to be on. I'm the road. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Verse 7. This is interesting. He said, if you had known me, and they've been with him for some time now, been watching him walk with the Father, set the captive free. He said, if you had known me, so you could be watching him and not know him? Hmm. You could be spending uh, time uh, and, and, and keeping your eyes on what he does but not have a personal relationship with him. If you had known me, you can be watching all the right shows and listening to all messages, but do you personally know him? If you had known me, you, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the father. And that's enough for us. <laughs> Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? And yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Look at the weast of verse 9. Yet you have not come to have an experiential knowledge of me, Philip. Oh, Philip, you haven't personally tasted me yet. You haven't personally put your faith in me and seen the results that I want to have, that I want to bring into your life. You don't know how good I am, Philip. You have not come to have an experiential knowledge of me. That's the only kind of beneficial knowledge. One that's the knowledge that's working in your life, that's changing your experience. Jesus wants you to have an experiential knowledge of him. They used to say in, in math class, you need to have a working knowledge of such and such math or, or the, of this type of uh, equation. 
You need to have a working knowledge of Jesus. He who has, here's a big word here, discerningly seen me, has seen the Father with discernment. Why do you need discernment to know who God is? Why do you need headlights on a car? Because sometimes it gets dark. We're living in a dark world. All kinds of ideas and, and, and philosophies just shooting through the airwaves. How are you going to discerningly experience Jesus? You focus on who he is, and it's clearly recorded for us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. That's who he is. If you've, if you've seen Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, you've seen the Father. Let's talk about spiritual discernment. Are we okay? Yes. I really need you to help me and stay awake because this is, this is absolutely will change the rest of your life. Spiritual discernment, what is that all about? What's he talking about? Discerningly seeing him. Are you able to recognize what's true and what's false? Okay. Now, don't get mad at me. You know me, I, I, I'm not a religious person, I'm not a political person. All right, I'm not on one side or the other. I'm with Jesus. All right? Recognizing what's true and what's false, how? By giving, leaning your whole personality on God. Totally embracing Jesus with all that you've got. If you want to really discern and recognize misinformation, Jesus has to be the, the absolute focus and passion of your life. I mean, and, and that just because you, you, know, you read your Bible or come to church, it doesn't mean that Jesus is the passion of your life. I mean, you've got to make yourself be red hot for him. You've got to tell yourself to focus on him. Tell yourself to eat and drink him every day. Or it's not going to happen. You're going to be duped. You're going to be conned by darkness if you're not passionately consuming Jesus daily. Give you some examples here in a moment. So this uh, not being pa in a passionate relationship with Jesus, just going to a church or just reading your Bible and kind of not being red hot for him makes you susceptible to misinformation. Okay. It, 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 it puts that cloud on your headlights. Okay. It makes the, the, the clear stuff get foggy. You don't see us clearly anymore and you don't even realize it. Right. What you believe can keep you from experiencing God's will in your life. Isn't that amazing? Lack of knowledge of God's will and nature. Give you an example. For who knows how long, churches have been preaching, well, I mean, obviously Jesus, that was a special time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, but that was a special time, and that time has passed. The time of miracles has passed. The time of the Holy Spirit has passed. 
That's not in the Bible at all. Why would any minister ever say such a thing? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He raises the dead today just like he did in Galilee. That's what we do. We heal the sick. We cleanse the leper. We raise the dead. We cast out devils. The kingdom of heaven is here. There's an example of a dark idea that millions of Christians have accepted. Millions. And built churches on it. Amazing, isn't it? So if this Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts isn't the red-hot passion of your life, it's like leaving the door open and the cold air is coming in. And you crank the heat up, but uh -uh. the cold air is coming in. It's Jesus that you're focused, not religion, not the church you go to, Jesus. Misinformation opens the door for wrong stuff to flow in your life. Here we go. Don't get mad at me. The media is a factory, a manufacturer of misinformation. I mean, they're putting it out by the, the shiploads daily around the clock. Stuff that is absolutely false, totally false, never happened. And people by the millions are eating it. And getting so mad about it. And they're changing their lives because of, because of what they've seen on social media, what they've heard from CNN. Misinformation. If we're spiritually discerning, we realize we're living in a fallen world. And who's the God of this world? Satan. Jesus said that. I'm not going to argue with him. Okay. He called him the prince of the air, a ruler of this world. Excuse me, a ruler of this world. Prince of the power of the air. Is that in Ephesians? What am I thinking of? Yeah, that may have been Paul. But Jesus called him the ruler or the prince of this world. So, and people talk of the Antichrist. Guess what? The spirit of the Antichrist has been in the earth for thousands of years. <laughs> it's already here, okay? And what's his goal? What's he up to? He's trying to get you to focus on the wrong things. He's trying to get you agitated, disturbed, and troubled. Don't think for a minute I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about Jesus and you being free. So the spirit of the Antichrist, he's trying to get you to take your focus off of Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts and put it on what so-and-so said or what so-and-so didn't say or what so-and-so did or didn't do. That can be right in your own house. He's trying to make you think that another person, another, uh, whether it be a man or a woman is responsible for your situation. He's trying to get you to blame someone else other than him. That's what a thief does. He doesn't want to get caught. So he tries to divert the, the ones who are trying to, tries to divert the attention to someone else any way that he can. He wants you to, uh, he wants to keep you from realizing your battle is not against flesh and blood. 
We're talking about year of fatness, year of too much. We've got to get rid of the world's thinking. People are fighting with each other based on where they go to church, based on what political party they're in, based on their skin color. That's the, that's the enemy. We've got nothing but love for people. Doesn't matter where they're from, what party they belong to, what culture they're from, uh, what their lifestyle's like. It doesn't matter. We love them. We've got nothing but love for people. We got nothing but love for people. But that's all that's in us for people. Love. Okay, so I picked an example. It's, it's not as volatile as some other examples I picked. But it happened recently. ESPN did a story. And uh, I forget how I saw it on my phone or something. And uh, you'll have to, don't get too mad at me. I'm a Patriots fan. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm in home territory, so I should be all right. But this, this story came, I don't know how long ago, I just came across it, and it said an unnamed source, say, spiritually a sermon, lie. When you can't reveal your name, something's wrong. Right? But people, people just read right through that. Oh, oh, an unnamed source, someone privately said something. To someone. Oh, boy. An unnamed source says that Tom Brady was liberated when Jimmy Garoppolo was traded. And that there's real tension between Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and Tom Brady. And, and, and this blew up. I just laughed. And I, I, I never cease to be amazed at the foolish accusations and stories that just go around the world. With no truth in them whatsoever. Zero. And then all the commentators are talking about it as if it's really so. <laughs> And I thought, isn't this amazing? And while we're at it, I might as well talk a little bit about Deflate Gate. You guys remember that one? I just want to cite this example. I want you to separate yourself. It's just sports. We're just talking sports, so don't get too bad. But it's a great example of how Satan works. I'm not saying Roger Goodell is the Antichrist. I'm not saying that at all. Because he's not. But what I am saying is where information is abounding, be discerning. I remember when I first heard the report, oh, the, the opposing team has accused the Patriots of deflating footballs. I just laughed. I thought that's like a joke from Saturday Night Live or something, you know. And people were taking it seriously. And then it blew, it blew up into one of the largest sports stories ever. And there was no truth to it. Zero. No evidence. In fact, the accusing team... More of their footballs were under the regulation air pressure than the Patriots footballs. But that conveniently just got buried. Why? Because the whole thing would have stopped. Now, you might be mad thinking, ah, you might have been believing deflate. It's not a big deal. My point is, there's something totally bogus that, that caused a lot of stress in a lot of people's lives. And it was based on misinformation. It was a false accusation. Someone saying so-and-so did this, and they're defrauded, not because they did it, but because so-and-so said they did it. Right? That's what Isaiah is talking about. People being defrauded by misinformation. So anytime you see well, an unnamed source, or so-and-so said, so-and-so said this. What is that? Darkness. Misinformation. Right? Jesus is the knowledge of God. There's no misinformation in him. 
He's the knowledge of God. As you study Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, misinformation will be revealed in your thinking about God and about all of life. You'll begin to discern things. I mean, I'd say, you know, I, I laugh if I ever watch the news, because I really don't. I just, it's got this spirit of the Antichrist behind it. So much of it. I'm not saying the people are evil. There's just this darkness behind it to make you afraid, to make you upset, to get you offended, to get you mad at someone. Doesn't matter what the reason. Maybe it's air pressure in a football. Maybe it's the color of their skin. Doesn't matter. As long as you get mad and offended at someone, mission accomplished. We've got to be spiritually discerning and not get caught up in this sea of misinformation. Amen. Come on, we're followers of Christ. Amen. This is a big deal. I see stuff posted on it. I think, man, believers are posting this stuff? Followers of Christ are believing by the boatloads. They're eating this misinformation every day, and they, they just took it hook, line, and sinker. I, I, in my life, and I think, you know, obviously technology helps a lot in, in giving information more avenues, but I've never seen the spirit of the Antichrist stick its head so far out as I've seen in these last few years in the earth. Wow. Don't think a minute all the hatred you're seeing on the news about uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats is a political thing. There are spirits behind that to divide people. Neither one of the Democrats nor the Republicans have the answer. Jesus is the answer, right? We're all about him. So you can't divide us unless you can divide Jesus and you can't do that, right? We're all about Jesus. So let me give you an example in my life this last week about misinformation and lack of knowledge. I'm going to talk about my heating system in my house because I had some misinformation and I definitely lack knowledge about it. All I know about a heating system is that round thing on the wall that you turn, right? So we've got eight heating zones in our house and uh, two winters ago, our boiler died and we had a funeral for it. We buried it and we got a new one. And uh, after that, we had a pipe break the next winter. And we never had a pipe break before. The home had been there, I don't know, since 1996. Never had any issues with the pipes. So I called the builder. Now, don't get mad at me if you're in the heating industry. I'm just telling you what I've learned. And uh, the builder said, you had a pipe break. I've never had any problems with that. I said, well, we had a new boiler put in. He said, well, is there antifreeze in the system? I, said, I don't know. I, I have to call the guy who installed it. So I called the guy who installed it and said, no, I didn't put antifreeze in there. I didn't even know that was something. It was a consideration. And he said, well, I always kept antifreeze in the system. I said, oh, that's why you never had a pipe freeze. So I start calling around, and some guys say, don't ever put antifreeze in your system. You'll ruin it. And some guys say, yeah, we do that. And I, I saw big, successful companies in Maine and different parts of the country and around the world. But you have to do it right, and you have to have the right ingredients. I think it's propylene glycol or whatever it is. But anyway, I'd, and it's got to have this... Uh, anti-corrosion inhibitor in it and all this stuff. So it's got to be done right. And a lot of people just throw antifreeze in there or different, the wrong stuff and it could be a real mess. So anyway, so I talked to the, someone that I'd been working with who was working with our system and, 
and told him about it. He said, well, I don't like to do it, but okay, I'll do it. And he's supposed to come on December 4th and never showed up. They called him multiple times. Well, anyway, January comes, year of too much, January 1st. Day one. God is, God is awesome. We, are, we, had, we had a blast. I got so excited moving into 2018. January 1st comes, and, and Jennifer and I go away for a couple days for our anniversary, and we're, uh, our heat in that one zone of our family room stopped. I mean, there was some fr- something froze somewhere. It was pretty cold. And so, but we left because we had other zones, plenty of heat in the house for the kids. And uh, so we, I, I showed them how to turn the zones off if they needed to, so if a pipe broke or something. So three minutes down the road, Eden calls me, Dad, there's water coming out of the wall. <laughs> but Judah saved the day. He ran, turned the right valve off, and the water stopped. They said, okay, we'll be back in two days. Just keep that valve off. And so <laughs> we got back on Wednesday. We're three minutes from home. Get another call. Dad, there's more water coming out of the wall. Okay. But the valve's off. Mm. So I thought, well, it's warmed up. You know, the ice is melting. Residual water, that's all that is. It'll stop. So for the most part, it stopped. And then we, we tried turning off different valves. And then over the course of the last 10 days, water would be coming out. And then more water. We're turning valves. I'm calling my heating guy, not getting back to me. I said, walk me through this. I'm trying to keep the wrong stuff from flowing, right? Water doesn't belong in my family room unless I'm drinking it, right? So misinformation keeps the wrong stuff flowing in your life. So I'm talking with this one guy who's been in the industry many years, considered, you know, a lot of experience, but I was getting misinformation. He said, you can't stop that zone. You can't block it off. Because you don't have a vow, a necessary vow. I thought, oh, okay. But, I, but something inside, I don't know what I'm doing, but something inside of me said, there's got to be a way. I've never worked on a heating system in my life, but I got the Holy Ghost. That's right. Just something inside me said, don't stop. Keep calling. So I, I went online. I called people. The last guy I talked to, people tell me, oh, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't. You know, plumbers, heating guys, just do this for a living. Tell me you can't do it. But the Holy Ghost is in me, the plumber. I'm standing there looking at my eight zones and my boiler saying, where's that going? And finally, I get a hold of a guy. He says, yeah, you can do that. I said, what do you mean I can do that? I've been told I can't do that several times by experienced people. He said, I'll tell you what you do. And he told me, he walked me through it. It took about two minutes fixed. Misinformation. Misinformation. And the problem was contained and we were able to start cleaning it up and repairing it because I got a hold of the right information and I gained some knowledge, right? Let's see if we can finish this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But what would have happened if I would have believed what the last three or four experts told me? Okay, I can't contain it. I would have had to shut off all the other zones in my home, stop all the water in my home, and boy, when it's nine degrees, you don't want to do that. Right? And obviously, the guys are busy. You don't know when the next guy's going to be able to come out. It doesn't take long, you know, with no water running and no heat for uh, freezing in the pipes. So I'm trying to keep that from happening, for trying to, to contain this thing. But all I needed was to talk to the right person and get the right information. Why don't you talk to Jesus? Right? The Holy Spirit inside of me wouldn't let me accept what I was being told, and I had no knowledge of heating systems. <laughs> Isn't God good? God is good. 
So God's determined for your life to be super abundant, for you to prosper, for the wrong stuff to stop flowing in your life and the right stuff to start flowing, right? Any issues that you're having, God wants to show you how to contain them and have victory over them. But you gotta plug into him. You've gotta passionately pursue him, study him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Get to know his character and his nature and let him fill your zone with heat, right? So, we, last week, we started to look at examples in the Bible of God's too muchness, right? We looked back in Genesis. We didn't go and read all through these. We talked about it. Genesis 1 and 2, God fills the earth with every beautiful and good thing, and then he gives it all to man. And remember, at that time, there were no thorns. There were no storms. There was no disease. There, were, there was no crime, no wars. It was paradise, right? And man ended up accepting misinformation, right? Uh, uh, Adam ended up following Satan's Facebook page, right? Ended up following him on Instagram and, and ended up listening to him, and he started believing misinformation about God, and everything changed on the earth, right? Adam ended up opening the door for a flow of water into his family room and ruined his whole house. He died. Yeah, Adam died. The earth became a wilderness covered in sin. Satan became the God of this world. But it didn't stop God. He's totally determined to totally bless you, no matter how dark things may look. And then we talked about uh, Adam's great, 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 great grandson, Enoch, that he walked with God. He had a relationship with God, that he was so pleasing to God, he never tasted death, translated to heaven. Right, and we saw Enoch's son because of Enoch became he he ate God, he focused on God, he had a relationship with God. His son was so blessed; he was Methuselah. He lived the longest on the earth of any human being. Yeah, his great grandson was Noah, Enoch. Amazing, the only righteous man left on the earth. The the human race was spared, and saved and delivered through Noah. Wow. Walking with God, how significant it is, how much it changes, not only your life, but the generations that follow you. We're going to start looking a little bit at Abraham. Can we do that? And then we'll finish up. Glory to God. Abraham, we're looking at God's too muchness, what God wants to do in your life. Abraham, this man, I like this guy. Why is he important to us? We're New Testament Christians. The New Testament begins with Abraham. Did you know that? <laughs> he's the father of our faith because the law wasn't written in Abraham's covenant time. God made a covenant with Abraham. The Levitical law came like 400 years later. The covenant that God made with Abraham was not based on law. It was based on Jesus. He cut a covenant with Jesus through Abraham. You can see that in Genesis where God shows up and cuts a covenant. That's his son, the father and the son. He cut a covenant with him. And he's the father of our faith. So let's look at Abraham because we want to get rid of misinformation and we want to know God. We want to move forward into the abundant year he has for us. Why did God choose Abraham? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Boy, this is good. Why did God choose Abraham? Well, verse 8 
tells us, gives us some insight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. What? Now, before we go any farther, I want to give you a definition of faith. You can look at that verse. I can, we'll put Colos, from Colossians 1. All right? By faith, Abraham. What's faith? Let's put Colossians 1 4 up there in the Amplified. Here's what faith is Amen. the leaning. It says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. What is faith? The leaning of your entire human personality on him you can't do that when you're offended at such and such or so and so or some group or some organization or some person you can't lean your entire personality on him because you're too upset you want to lean yourself on the person you're upset at right <laughs> sit on him like Gronkowski did last night on that receiver right no the leaning of your entire human personality on him I love that. We're leaning our entire human personality on God in absolute trust, absolute confidence in what? His power, his wisdom, and his goodness. This is why God chose Abraham. He leaned his entire personality on God. He walked away from his culture and country and family because they were worshiping pagan gods. And he said, God, I want you more than I want my family, more than I want my culture, more than I want my country. I'll follow you. I don't even know where you're leading me, but I'm going to follow you. Faith. See, religion is, gives this little weak definition of faith. It means that you hope someday you'll go to heaven. Isn't that nice? <laughs> right? That's a good raspberries right there. That has nothing to do with faith. Faith doesn't hope that someday something will happen. Faith knows God. Faith is leaning your whole self on him night and day with absolute confidence in his wisdom, power, and goodness. So by faith, by doing this, back to Hebrews 11, 8, by doing this, Abraham walks away from his, his culture. You can go back in Genesis if we get there. We may not get there today. But they were basically the, the sociologists and historians tell us that they were moon worshipers in the culture he lived in. They worship pagan gods. And then the real God speaks to Abraham. He says, he's got a choice. Do I walk away from this pagan belief system and this misinformation? Or do I uh, stay here and, you know, follow their goals for my life and he chose to go with God even though he didn't fully understand what that would mean or where God was taking him that's faith verse 9 by faith leaning his entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power wisdom and goodness he lived as an alien you ever felt like an alien it's because you are this earth is not our home. We're aliens, man. We are. Aliens are real, and you're one of them. Ha! 
<laughs> What's that? Fifty shows? Something? My my dad's an alien, or what is it? Oh, I forget it. But anyway, but my my favorite Martian. I don't know. He my faith. He lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For here it is, verse ten. For he was looking for something different. Something this world could not manufacture. Yes, yes. The kingdom of God is what he was looking for. The city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We're going to stop right here for today. Go put Colossians 1.4 up there again. Jennifer, would you come up here, please? Jennifer shared this post with me that she put on Facebook a year ago. We're talking about God's too muchness. I want to encourage you to don't worry about Facebook and Instagram and, and, and Snapchat and Twitter. Let fill your time with Jesus. Let him have your attention. Right? And those urgent arguments and social issues, they're not. Nothing's more urgent than you knowing him. Our determined purpose is intimacy with Christ. And we're not going to let an app pull us away from that. We're not going to let any news source or any talk show host or any politician pull us away from intimacy with Christ or any sports figure. Right? So Jennifer put this post up on Facebook, this scripture, and uh, last year, and it popped up again on her Facebook, you know, get those cute little memories. <laughs> yeah, so, and she wrote this about this verse, and I thought it was just excellent. She said, every challenge can be answered by one of these three. God's power is mine. God's wisdom is mine. God's goodness is mine. That's what I was saying is this heating system. God's in me. He knows what to do. He understands the flow of these pipes in the walls that I can't see. God's power is mine. Amen. So every challenge you're facing can be solved by knowing one of these three things. God's power is yours because of Jesus. Amen. God's wisdom is yours because of Jesus. God's goodness is yours because of Jesus. Amen. And no one can take that away from you. The, all that the enemy do is, is get you to believe wrong stuff to block it. But he can't take it away. So she said this, are circumstances overpowering you? Have confidence in God's power. Amen. You don't have the answers? Have confidence in God's wisdom. Amen. Bad breaks at every turn? Have confidence in God's goodness. Yes. Having confidence in God's power, God's wisdom, and God's goodness will make your faith stand out. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for encouraging us. Help us to be discerning. Yes, Lord. To not take the bite anymore, the bait. Yes. Lord, help us to stay focused on you. Yes, Lord. On your love, which is kind and gentle Amen. and benign, that penetrates and pervades the whole nature, mellowing all which would have been harsh and austere. Help us, Lord, 
to walk in you, to stay full of you, to be transformed daily by you. Our determined purpose is to become more intimate with you, to experience more of you every day. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.